This episode of EM Weekly has been archived. The ideas presented by the former host of EM Weekly may not reflect or represent the values of the Readiness Lab and the Doberman Emergency Management Group. Out of respect for the guests who contributed to this episode, it remains available online. EM Weekly starting right now, bringing emergency managers from around the world together to learn, share and collaborate. Good morning, good morning, good afternoon, depending on where you are in this uh, great land or the world, I suppose, right? Got people from New Zealand and from Australia listening in as well. So I do appreciate everybody listening. And today we have a really neat topic. We're talking about the 46th Annual Natural All Nat- all Natural Hazards Research and Applications Workshop. Um, and, you know, that's that's pretty cool. 46 years uh, of doing this workshop and, and really helping lead the way in the body of work for emergency managers. And today I have uh, Jennifer Tobin with me. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Thank you, Todd. It's so great to be here. Thank you for having me on EM Weekly. Absolutely. It's always great, you know, and uh, your center, what you guys do, the work that you guys put on um, is is very, very important to what we do as emergency managers and and, and how we take a look at what's going on uh, worldwide, realistically, uh, you know, in, in emergency management, um, practical applications on, on things so 46 annual that's that's amazing right so yeah. so what's what do you what do you got specially lined up for this uh, particular workshop um well first uh before answering your great question um, i think i'm going to provide a little bit of background on a history of the workshop just to give people some context for anyone that's not familiar with the event absolutely um, so for over four decades the natural hazards center at the university of colorado boulder has had the immense privilege of organizing the annual Uh, natural hazards research and applications workshop. And so the workshop brings together federal, state, and local mitigation and emergency management officials, planning professionals, representatives of nonprofits, private sector, humanitarian organizations, hazards and disaster researchers, and others who are just focused on alleviating the impacts of disasters. And so some people actually acutely describe the workshop as a place to go to get the download of what's happening in the field of hazards and disasters each year, which I just think is the cutest compliment. Um, And so every year the workshop theme is written with a sense of urgency in mind, right? So for what disasters have occurred in that past year, what new mitigation programs and policies have been put in place, and what do we need to chart a more successful path forward um, for our future together? And so the workshop though is also um, about bringing people together to recognize our shared commitment um, that we need to make to our communities to make them more just and equitable um, and sustainable for future generations, of course. And then for the workshop, the most important aspect of the workshop is the people who attend it. Our ability to listen to and learn from one another um, is what has always made this a very special event. So before I jump into describing the theme for this year's workshop, I would like to invite you, Todd, as well as all of your listeners to join us for the 46th annual Natural Hazards Workshop. And people can register on our website, the Natural Hazards Center, um, at hazards.colorado.edu forward slash 2020 or workshop. 2021 registration. And you can sign up for workshop updates and a variety of Natural Hazard Center publications and webinars and other resources at hazards.colorado.edu forward slash sign up. Absolutely. And, and those links are in the show notes. So if you're driving or your pencil's not sharp, 
and you, you just go in there and you just click into that and it'll, it'll get you to those places and i highly do uh, recommend that you, you you click on those links and find out for more information because uh these workshops actually bring out some some really great information and and real practical application to what we're doing in the field of emergency management so so the workshop is preparing to meet the uh 21st century challenges what are some of the 21st century challenges that we're looking at here uh with this workshop so um first the workshop um this year happens on uh july 11th through july 14th um and we are doing it virtually again this year that's important to note um, so the workshop, like you just said, Todd, is organized around the theme of the hazards and disasters workforce, preparing to meet the 21st century challenges. And so this theme arose out of an understanding that our ability to reduce disaster risk has always depended on the people who are doing the work, right? Um, it includes leaders who are setting a vision for a more just and equitable future, researchers who are pushing the boundaries of discovery, um, and practitioners who are helping to prepare communities for a range of hazards and disaster threats. And so that's the kind of central theme of our, our workshop this year. And conversations around the workshop will center around how the workforce we have can support and build the workforce that we need. And some of the centering questions that we're asking that will be answered throughout our panels and concurrent sessions are, how does the size and composition of the hazards and disaster workforce shape the ability to respond to and recover from extreme events? What sort of mentoring and skill building do researchers and practitioners need? Uh, what jobs have become obsolete and which ones need to be filled or created to move forward? And how can we meet the escalating risks and inequalities of today while still investing in the programs and policies that reduce future hazards um, losses? You know, and, and speaking of the workforce that's coming up and and one of the things that I've really been focused in, uh, in the last few years and in, in, in my professional life as well, is, is really training the next generation of emergency managers that are coming behind us. And and off camera, we were just talking about that, right, about how um, education has changed over the last decade uh, regarding to the field of emergency management. Mm -hmm. And and I'm starting to see some like really great well, i should say starting to they, they've always great students have always been there but i'm starting to see some some great students that are really interested in emergency management uh from the ground up right so they're as a freshman in in, in college they are choosing the the path of emergency management not a oh I, I got into a job and now i'm getting a master's in something because i'm interested in emergency management and i think for me that's so exciting um when we see this what what kind of training do you think or and i should say training that's the wrong wrong word to use what kind of education should we be giving these students that are coming up from uh, as freshmen in college um all the way up to say to even uh, phd level people yeah that's a great question todd i think it's amazing like we were talking about before how you know People used to come about studying hazards and disasters after they were getting their degrees in sociology or engineering or whatever area of the discipline that they were studying. Then they kind of happened upon doing disaster research. Well, now people are entering the field with the intent of doing disaster work, right? So they start their training in these emergency management programs. And that's just really just amazing for the field. And I think that our workshop is a really great place to kind of come together and meet all the people from different disciplines that are gonna help teach you about having this really holistic degree and all the information that you might need to know when you're tackling issues of disaster, right? So sociology is important, like you were saying, engineering, all of the applied emergency managers and their histories. And I think that the beautiful thing about the students that come to the workshop, which there's every year, there's always so many awesome, amazing students that are up and coming and often they have poster sessions. So I do encourage you if you attend to visit our poster sessions, because that's where a lot of that new research is being highlighted. 
Um, but it's really about connecting those students with the leaders in the field, right? Like what can the students teach us, but what can the leaders in the field teach the students? And making those connections are building those bridges that are going to actually solve the world's problems. I agree with you. I, I always tell my students that I learned about, I learned much as much from them as, as uh, I, you know, I think they're going to learn it from me. I think sometimes more, right. You know, because uh, of what we're doing. And I, I love the conversations that I'm having um, with, with my students now, because they're very, uh, they're, they're very well thought out uh, questions. And when I say questions, not like, Hey, you know, what is this? It's like, let's get deeper in, into what's, what does it really mean to be in, in the field of emergency management? And what does it really mean to, to, uh, you know, mitigate these hazards? And what does it really mean to help out with, with the social side of disasters and the equitable um, um, distribution of, of goods and funds and stuff that goes into, into it. And it's like, and you have some of these really great deep conversations and um, sometimes I, I learn more with the conversation um, after the, the official class is over and, and I always say, okay, let's, you know, I'll, I'll be here to talk. And I, you know, sometimes I have to kick my students out because they're, we're, we're getting deep into this. And I, and the, the parlay to this is, I think this is what these workshops can do as well. Right. Cause it's not just about sitting and listening to somebody talk about things. There's, there's, there's more social aspects to it and more conversation. So what, what does that look like for on, on the virtual side though? How, how does that work? Well, let me start by walking you through a little bit about how our conferences, our workshop is organized and, and structured. Uh, so first, we have a, a major keynote speaker that happens on Monday morning. And we're really excited to introduce you to our keynote speaker this year, who is Chancia Willis. She is the co-founder and CEO of the Institute for Diversity and Inclusion and Emergency Management. Uh, she's a certified emergency manager, a professional coach, a cultural diversity professional with more than 20 years experience. So we're really excited for her to kind of kick off this topic of workforce development for us. Then we have four plenaries around big topical areas where we have a panel of experts in it talking about that area for each of the four plenaries. We have 36 uh, concurrent sessions that happen across Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And we're talking about training for the students and everybody. We have um, We actually start the conference, the workshop on Sunday, and we have a variety of training sessions that um, you can earn a variety of uh, uh, continuing education credits, uh, which is great for people who are trying to build their careers, whether in academia or in the, um, as a practitioner. And so uh, we also have roundtables. This year, we're going to have um, virtual poster sessions and a Meet the Authors event that'll happen at 5.30, from 5.30 to 6.30 on Monday and Tuesday evenings. And so there's just a, a variety of ways that you can engage, be involved, network with people. Even though we're doing it virtually, we have lots of networking options um, where you can you know, individually one-on-one -on -one chat, have group chats and group meetings with people throughout the event as you have time. Um, yeah, so it's not, it's not as great as being in person because we love the in-person environment where you can just walk up to somebody and start a conversation and really get to see and know all of the people in your field that care just as deeply as you do about really, you know, solving these world, the world's biggest problems. Um, but I have to say that our first ever virtual workshop last year was a success and people were just as engaged. I mean, the comment sections were just blowing up and it was just amazing to see how dedicated people still were, even if we had to be apart. Yeah, and there, there's some advantage to uh, uh, to to the virtual one too, right? I mean, you know, there's less travel has to be done, and, and yeah. you get to you get to kind of relax and, and and that aspect of it. But I do like the in person stuff, and I, I can't wait till uh, uh, things are, are 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 back in person again, especially with these conferences, because I I always this is you know side note on my thing. I I always 
like learn a lot and, and have a lot more engagement uh, during, on, on the social side of sometimes just going out and grabbing, you know, dinner or drinks with people and, and, and having those conversations. And those are a lot of fun, but um, you could, we did some stuff like this um, with a, a work, a workshop, a, a symposium that we put on for IEM and um, the people who organized it, um, Easter Mar, she's, she's the one that kind of put it together um, that uh, uh, had this little kind of, uh, social hour afterwards and it was kind of fun it was kind of it was kind of neat you know uh to do that oh wait there's a question in the comments here um can anyone link to the okay so i have tony fogarty he's over in the uk and uh, he asked if he can link to the event uh even though he's over there and tony just uh, on, on the side note he's he's actually one of my international students and uh, he's he's doing great in the program Great. I'm not sure how I leave a comment back in there. Oh, we could we could just push it out there. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, the, Tony. Um, so so basically, the link that we're using that you're using to to sign up would be the same one if you're internationally speaking. You just gotta worry about the time zone changes, right? Yeah. So yeah, you would just have to you know accommodate with your schedule because ours does run from you know eight in the morning essentially until the evening events, sometimes until seven p.m. Mountain Standard Time or Mountain Daylight Time. And so, yeah, you would have to attend where you can if you're not sleeping. <laughs> but hopefully, I will have you know if you are registered for the workshop, we are recording all of the events, all of the sessions. They will be live, but they will be recorded. And so within a few days of the event occurring, we'll have those populated back into our virtual platform called Feedloop. And so if there's any session you missed that you really wanted to see, you can pop back on in a few days and watch that session. So you don't, you actually could watch the entire workshop if you wanted to. All right, I got a tough question for you, Jennifer, because I, I know that with these um, with these programs, it's you can't always say what your favorite is. But but what was your favorite what was your favorite program that you're, or speaker that you've had? Like what what what's some of the highlights that you liked through through the years? Hmm, that's a good question. You know, I think that for me, it's. I love the plenaries and the keynotes. I, I mean, when it, when everyone's in the room together and we had almost a thousand people last year virtually, but when, our, when we normally have the workshop, we have a space limitation of 650 people. So make note to register early next year or you won't be able to make it. Um, but when you have everybody in the room and that energy that's there and you have a speaker who is just so passionate about their cause, about what they're doing, about the what they've learned, about how you know they're trying to teach the next generation, whatever it is they're speaking about, I think those are really powerful moments. And the workshop is specifically set up so that we are conveying big ideas and having conversations. This is why we call it a workshop and not a conference. Mm. Uh, historically, is because it is about workshopping ideas. So it's about bringing together practitioners, policymakers, and academics to workshop these big ideas and leave with a, a mission to do something different, right? To, to, to know more, to do better. Um, and those work, and we always leave ample time for discussion at the end of every panel and presentation and everything so that the audience is just as engaged with the speakers as the speakers, you know, speaking to the audience. So it, it's really about that, um, you know, coming together to solve problems. That is my favorite. Jennifer, we take a quick break. We come back. I, I want to talk about uh, Dr. Dennis Maletti. The Outer Limit Supply Company was founded on the idea of providing high-quality first aid kits. Their goal is to supply the life-saving equipment you'll need to mitigate the majority of injuries often seen during austere times. From minor injury on an outdoor adventure with your family to your team responding to a major traumatic event, 
Outer Limits Supply has the kits to manage most situations, providing practical, user-friendly first aid kits that anyone can use. Enter EM Weekly, all capitals, at checkout and save 20% off your total purchase. Go to www.outerlimitsupply.com today. That's outerlimitsupply.com. We all know emergency management is dynamic. What you need to know and do can cover all kinds of fields and change on a dime. When choosing a partner, you want someone just as dynamic to help you keep up. The Mid-Atlantic Center for Emergency Management Public Safety is just that, a FEMA partner and one-stop shop for college academics, custom training and consulting. They cover it all and bring you the best of each. So whether you're looking to start your degree, go back to school, train your people, or anything in between, they're here for you. See what you can build together at frederick.edu backslash M-A-C-E-M-P-S. That's M-A-C-E-M-P-S. Power outages can happen at any time. Is your community prepared? The Power Up Solar Power Charging Trailer can be used to address the need for temporary power for your community. In addition, the Power Up Solar Power Charging Trailer can provide a platform to support your public information and community resiliency outreach efforts throughout the year to educate and inform people about the need to always be ready. For more information, visit PowerUpConnect.com. That is PowerUpConnect.com. <laughs> Welcome back from, from that quick break. And uh, the reason why I'm kind of laughing is I looked at one of the comments and and uh John Fontaine asks, as a Colorado State grad, are you happier now being in Boulder? And we'll ask that question uh, uh, when Jennifer comes back on. Hey, everybody, real quick. Um, also, um, speaking about conferences and stuff, um, in November, I'm going to be in New York City uh, talking with uh, Craig Fugate um, on what it means to be uh, leading from the top, right? Working for the President of the United States. And uh, we might have a couple other guests that are coming on there as, as well, but that's what we have uh, planned in November. And that's the, the uh, I'm looking forward to that. And that's, those links are also in the, in the show notes. And of course, um, IEM in October as well. So we have a lot of cool conferences coming up and uh, yeah. So, so take a look at those. So, okay. So that's a question from John. So as a Colorado state grad, are you happier now being in Boulder? With a little well, I'm first. happy to report that I still live in Fort Collins, so I think I get the best of both worlds of <laughs> being in Fort Collins where Colorado State University is and getting to work for University of Colorado Boulder. So, yes, I love both places equally. I'm not going to take sides. <laughs> <laughs> so before we went to break, we're talking a little bit about the, the idea of Dennis Maletti, and he was a former director of the Natural Hazard Center, um, very very, very influential in the field of emergency management, of course, with his famous book, Disaster by Design, and, and other writings that he's done in the past and speeches that he's done around it. Um, it, it was such a, a hard loss for us um, in, the, in the field of emergency management when uh, Dr. Mulledy, uh you know, died from complications from COVID-19. Uh, you know, um, what, what, what does that mean for the, for the center? I mean, how, how does, I mean, you know, it's be, I know it's sad, but what, what does that mean for the center and, and what are you guys doing for him? I know you said you're going to do something special for him. Yeah, so Dennis Valetti, of course, has made an impact on the entire field of hazards and disasters and emergency management and um, just such a legacy to our to our field. And um, 
a little background story, actually. So Lori Peak is the director of the Natural Hazard Center, and Dennis Maletti. So she became the, the director in 2017, but she has a much longer history because she went to University of Colorado Boulder to get her PhD in sociology, where Dennis Maletti was her advisor. And she started working at the Natural Hazard Center as a graduate student back then. So she has a long history of Dennis Maletti. So he's very close to us. And and has had such an impact on, on her and the center and everything. And so on Tuesday night during the workshop, Tuesday um, the 13th, or yeah, Tuesday, July 13th from 5.30 to 7 p.m., we will be holding a special event to honor Dennis Maletti, who sadly passed away on July or January 31st of this year. Yeah, absolutely. That was such a crushing blow to to those of us that known him that had the honor, uh, you know, opportunity to to do work with him. And and uh, he was such a given person too. You know, it, it was it's it was more than just the stuff that he did as his writing. I mean, to, to sit down and talk with him and and to to be in the presence. Hey, I, I'm not a, I'm not a fan guy. I, mean, I, I don't. I, I live in 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 the L.A. area. You know, we see movie stars and whatnot, and I could give two knots about them. You know what they they entertain us like that you know i have some friends that are in the business it's great but you know whatever they're people but to sit down with somebody who has that knowledge and to give this time the way he gave it so freely uh it, it was amazing uh to to be able to you know sit and have a cup of coffee with him and he would just talk to you about stuff and it was just such a given person uh and definitely a big blow to to emergency management uh, okay now that uh we, we got through through that that's a tough one but um what are some of like the like we kind of talked about this a little bit what you know what are some of like the the highlight people that have come to you, you know i mean i know not necessarily names but we could talk about like like you know topics and things like this that, that people have come and really made an impact um, on this workshop right yeah um gosh so many right this is the 46th year we're having this workshop so it started out as just a little tiny group of people coming together to solve these problems when gilbert white was the founder of the natural hazard center was the one who started it and um over the years it just progressed and so has i mean it's expanded so much and so has the field right so we know we need voices from everywhere we need you know practitioners we need policymakers, and we need academics that are the best in their field talking about what they know and how we can do better right so we've had um, so many wonderful, passionate speakers from, you know, the private sector, from policy, you know, government officials, um, everybody who's working on these issues. So it's just been a great history. And we've had, um, you know, every year we have different themes. And so depending on the theme, we try to pull the leading scholars or the leading practitioners or policymakers in that area to speak on those issues each year. Have 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 any of the, the outcomes um, that have come out of the workshops been implemented in policy or in practice uh, throughout the years? Absolutely. I, I would say that the, the most important thing that comes out every year is the relationships like get built after meeting people, right? Because those you know ideas get sparked, people realize that they're working on the same kind, kind of topical area and they talk about how can they come together to, you know, advance policy, to create these better plans and, and, and mitigation practices and preparedness practices and stuff. So it's the relationship building that kind of is the light that goes on that starts these connections that then actually changes what's happening in, in policy and practice. Do you think the growth of emergency management scholarship has been sparked uh, by some of the conversations that happened at these conferences or at these workshops? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that the diversity of perspectives, I think, is, is one of the most valuable um, things that we offer at the workshop, right? You're, you're getting people from all different disciplines, um, you know, all different backgrounds, professions, everything coming together and, you know, and workshopping different ideas. And I think that that is really like the, the key um, 
it's such a representation of how the the field itself has grown right it started out with like a key small group of people and now has expanded into this you know you know global you know practice of of how do we address the hazards and disasters that this world faces today and there it just takes so many different voices and so many different ideas to really combat these issues I'm going to ask one more question about the workshop, then I want to talk a little bit more about the Natural Hazards Center in general. Um, with, with the workshops, you know, how do you come up with the theme, right? Like this theme obviously is the the, the workforce. Uh, what, like, what's the process of coming up with, say, the next, not that you have to tell us what it is, but like, say, next year's theme? Okay, so I'll have to say that this is a, a Dr. Lori Peak. Um, she's the one who comes up with the theme every year, but I know a little bit about her process. And really what it comes down to is really listening, really listening to what is being discussed in each of the sessions at every workshop, right? So not that she has next year's theme already planned at the end of every workshop, but it's pretty close. She, she realizes, okay, well, where are the gaps? What are the big topics that are coming up? What are the things that, you know, every, that thematically everyone's kind of discussing and, and is rising to the top is something that we really need to address. Um, so that's one thing. Another, another, Thing, another element of it is, you know, seeing what's happening throughout the year, right? When there's these big, big major events that happen and, um, you know, huge disasters or huge policy changes or huge shifts in some way that we need to talk about and address. And um, that actually shapes the theme too. So sometimes, you know, we'll have a theme kind of set and then something big will happen, COVID-19 <laughs> or, or whatever it is that you can't expect. And then that'll change the theme a little bit as well. So there's lots of different inputs to what creates the theme. That's cool. You know, and, and some of the work that you guys have done at the natural hazard center, you know, obviously comes through the workshop as well. Some of the publications that you guys have created um, and, and realistically as an organization, you guys really lead a, a lot, right? I mean, you know, Lori Peak and her, her email her letter campaign that they put together uh, earlier in the year to the president, you know, things like that. What's it like to work at the Natural Hazard Center? And and then on the second note of that, what are some of the products that you guys have produced in the last few years that, that emergency managers can use? Right. That is a great question. And I am so privileged to work at the Natural Hazard Center. We are a small but mighty team. Um, and to work, for, I mean, our um, to work for somewhere, to work for an organization, and a team of people who care so deeply um, is probably the, the best experience in the world. So I just absolutely love working for the center. And historically, um, just a little bit of our background: um, the Natural Hazards Center was created in 1976, um, and it's been the National Science Foundation designated information clearinghouse for the societal dimensions of hazards and disasters. <laughs> and so um, basically what we do at the center is organize around four different themes. Uh, we translate and share hazards and disaster research information, right? How do we get it out of the journals in these, you know, really long, <laughs> you know, hard to read articles sometimes into the hands in bite-sized pieces of, into practitioners' hands that can actually use the information to make change on the ground. Uh, we work, work to build connections between researchers, nonprofit and private sector professionals, the media, policymakers, and local, local state and federal officials. Uh, we advance social science and interdisciplinary knowledge. So, right, we do our own research as well. And uh, we're really focused on training and mentoring the, the a diverse next generations of hazards and disaster professionals. So that's our kind of our, our goal. But then in terms of our products, which you can find on our website, everything's there. Uh, we do offer a variety of products. Um, we have um, a bunch of publications. We have our DR News You Can Use that comes out on a you know kind of bi-monthly basis that has a lot of information about what's happening in the field right now, what publications are coming out. 
uh, what kind of conferences, jobs, webinars, all of that. So sign up for DR. We also um, started uh, an, a publication called Research Counts, which really is an amazing publication. We asked like, the leading scholars in the field to write these bite-sized pieces of um, these articles that are about 750 words. And basically what it is, is like, take your life's work and boil it down to 750 words. <laughs> Tell us what you know about this one topical area in a way that we can understand it. You know what I mean? And so we've, we've created this research count series. We have different topical issues. We just released one on, um, on sheltering and um, mass sheltering and disasters. We have a special collection on children and disasters and a lot of other topical areas. And so that's another big publication. We also have the um, Quick Response Research Award Program where we offer a variety of uh, grants funded by um, lots of our federal partners, the USGS, uh, CDC, um, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, all of these organizations that come together and help fund other people's research. So people apply to us to get these little grants, the seed money basically to go out in the field and collect um, data right after a disaster happens. And so we have that big program as well. Um, as a requirement of this program, people have to submit a 10-page report to the Natural Hazard Center. Those are up online so you can find out the most recent you know, research that's being done in the area and a variety of other webinars, trainings. We've, we've been uh, moving forward a lot with training. And so uh, the National Science Foundation funded us um, in our NERI Converge facility. And the Converge facility offers training modules around a variety of topics for people going out into the field to do research. So, you know, about ethics, um, about disaster mental health, all kinds of, um, of trainings that you can take online and you can actually get a certificate once you complete a training module. Um, you get a certificate and you can get a credit for emergency management, um, one uh, continuing education credit hour for that. Um, we also offer webinars. We have a, a list of check sheets for researchers, all sorts of different things. And all of that is available either on the Natural Hazard Center website or on the Converge website, which is converge.colorado.edu. Awesome. Yeah. And like I said, we, you can you can find this. I've linked you to the website, to the Twitter, to the Facebook, to YouTube. You know, it's all in the show notes. Uh, I do recommend that you, you go and, and click on them and, and, and pop around it because I've actually been using uh, for my for teaching. Right. I'm using a lot of the, re, the the sources that you have. Some of them are free. Right. There's some free resources there. Some you have to pay for the, are free. We don't you don't have to pay for any of our resources. Well, you have to pay for the printed books. All right. Like as far as the. So, the, uh, the the documents or are those free as well? Everything is downloadable offline, uh, online, and completely free. So. Absolutely, that's that's even better because yeah. those are the ones I love to give my students, right? And so I, I send my students that that direction there, and it's it's even better that they're free. I I, I really I'm, I'm that makes me even happier, right? And uh, and and so yeah, my students they use it, they use it for the research. I send them that way. Uh, you know, some of the publications uh, um, I've used myself uh, as far as reading them. I, I do. It's a place I go to when I when I have questions to see. Uh, who, what, what they're doing over there first. Uh, I highly recommend using it's a resource that we should be using as emergency managers. Mm -hmm. Practitioners should be using it. Academics should be using it. Students should be using it. You know, um, that, that we should be blowing that website up and, and make them buy more bandwidth. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for that plug. That is really great. And we do. It's all about making, you know, information usable, right? How do we get the, the best research to inform the best practice? And how do we make that accessible for free and easy to use for people on the ground doing the work.
That's awesome. Yeah. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much for your time today. It's, it's, it's been a pleasure. It always is to, to talk to you guys over there at the Natural Hazard Center because, like I said, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan, right? If I'm a fanboy of anything, it's I'm a fanboy definitely of the Natural Hazard Center. Oh, and, thank uh, you, God. Yeah, so. <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> so awesome. So everybody, definitely use it. All right, everybody, thank you so much for spending time with me this uh, this morning. And it's, it's, it's always great and having Jennifer here and talking about all the great stuff that they're doing over at the Natural Hazard Center. You know, um, the research that's being done there is, is second to none. The workshops are, are amazing. Um, I, I can't wait till I can attend one in person. Um, it, it's, it's just been, it's been great. It's been a great conversation and realistically you, you need to, you need to be part of it. You need to look at it. You need to be using the resources because, uh, it, it's, it's out there for everything that we, that we do as a profession and we need to support. We really, really do need to support those people that are doing the research for us. Uh, and, and, uh, and, and please, and please do so everybody until next week, stay safe. Stay hydrated. And hey, don't forget, follow us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, and go to your favorite podcast player and give us a rating. Five stars would be great. And so we could bring more people like Jennifer on the show.